how's your week been yeah all right you know it's really busy i mean i'm i'm working hard but what about emotionally how you how you well you know not that great if i'm honest no still there we go i suppose the one consolation is at least your work allows you to sort of take your mind off death and that kind of stuff (laughs) my work as a funeral celebrant yeah (laughs) oh yeah okay change your career possibly welcome everybody to episode 270 of the mid-faith crisis podcast my name is nick page and there, in a very stripy top, sort of oh. Reading, um, sort of football club, I believe, used to play in that. Or Reminiscent. QPR. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah blue and white striped top is uh, the Joe Davis. Hello. The Reverend Joe Davis. Thank Still you. the Reverend Joe Davis, and we'll come on to it, that. It seems so. <laughs> yeah. So seriously, how are you? How are you, buddy? Yeah, you know, okay, if you, if you like yeah. that sort of thing. Hey, listen, can I just say something very important? I got, mm. a, well, the postman came today and he delivered a book all the way from the US of A, I believe. And it's called Finding Mother God, Poems to Heal the World by Carol Lynn Pearson. And it is a present for us, as in the mm. Reverend and Mrs. Davis, from the lo- <laughs> from the wonderful Jennifer. So thank you, <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Isn't that great? From, from the United States? I believe so. I mean, the, the package seemed to come from there, so I'm assuming... Marvellous. Unless Jennifer didn't want to be traced or something, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yes. sent it via there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you very much. So, uh, yes, well, here we are, back again. Um, so, yeah, how, how are you doing anyway? How, what's been happening in your week? Well, firstly, thank you for your wonderful advice last week mm-hmm. to drink. Um, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Good. Yeah. Mm. Now it's Burns Night, you see, that's the thing. Yes, exactly. I'm celebrating Burns Night tomorrow with Haggis and everything. Are you? Yes. Oh, oh I've good. been, I've, well, I'll come on to Haggis. But but yes, uh, I mean, admittedly, it's not Burns Night tonight, but we like to get in the head of the rush. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't like whiskey, do you? Or do you? Um, I'm sort of coming round towards it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You are like a stranger to me. <laughs> I'm I'm befriending it, uh, you know. <laughs> so, so I had this um, I had this visit from the hierarchy. What hierarchy? Well, the Baptist regional minister. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's coming to sound me out, see if I should still be an ordained Baptist minister. I mean, I think we all know the answer to that deep down, don't we? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i tried telling him uh but there there seems to be no hard feelings so (laughs) okay as far as i know pending a decision by uh a meeting in june that that i'm I'm on safe ground for another five years (laughs) that's that what happens every five years they sort of give you a like baptist mot every five years i get the baptist mot oh yeah he's all right or he's not as the case may be (laughs) Uh, so that's good. Well, yeah. How do you feel about this? I mean, were you worried either way? Or no, were, I wasn't. Know? Genuinely, wasn't. I mean, I strangely, I just feel I do actually feel a huge debt of loyalty to the Baptists because they've been extremely good to me. But so, but mm. I, equally, I don't want to be an embarrassment to them. Too late for that. 
Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I was them, I'd probably have taken the opportunity to offload me. But if you know, if they're being kind enough to continue, that's great. <laughs> well, there is a view that could show how desperate they are. But you know, <laughs> yeah. let's not. I wouldn't take that view. I would say no. They really want to keep the creme de la creme. <laughs> yes, they want to keep... that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the other big news, I suppose, you know, this seems to be a bit of a season of endings for me, um, is that after 10 years of running Soul Place with Rachel, we uh, we we officially had our last Thursday evening Soul Place. And we have run wow. it just about every week, apart from when we've had a holiday, you know, for the last, yeah, 10, 10 and a half years. So that feels very big and momentous and we've done it very intentionally because we think it's time to um mix things up and maybe allow more people to come than the number of people we can fit around our dining room table Hmm. which is 10 comfortably although officially i think there were 12 on the book so uh yeah after years of sort of struggling with that dilemma of you know what do we do and everything i think we just felt we need to stop this so that something can emerge but we will come on to, we will talk about this a lot i think this year because i really want to enlist the listeners help to questions of what should church be and all those sort of things but we'll say more about that later won't we? did so. you gather the you know members of soul place and did they did they like vote you out for old times sake we did think we could make it like traitors that would have made it very interesting. We should have we should have taken sort of several weeks and gradually killed off members and and had a round That's table great. and vote them out. That would have been more fun, I think. Um, yeah. But no, in the end, we sacrificed everybody. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that must be quite um, bittersweet, I suppose. You know, quite difficult feelings there. Really difficult feelings because I mean. Basically, they are wonderful, beautiful people and they're our community. So we have every intention of staying in touch with them because they're all our friends. Um, But we just felt it was right to sort of formally end it in that sense. Mm. And then maybe trusting that, you know, something will emerge. I mean, I do. I'm a great believer in something has to die before a new thing can come about. But it feels painful when you're talking about my community. (laughs) So... Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's quite brave, really. I mean, it, you know, we're not very good in the Christian church at closing things, are we? We just no, we like let them run them into the ground. Them, yeah, we sort of <laughs> let them drift away into oblivion. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think you'd be proud of me with real maturity. I am just mm. uh, putting on loads of weight and eating my feelings. So that's Good. that's how that's working at the moment. Yes. I actually need to stop. Yeah, there's not much to say about that, is there, really? You didn't give me that warning with all your bereavement counselling about, you know, we'll drink and stuff like that. And it turns out <laughs> there I is a downside. I don't think I said anything about eating. I think I said... <laughs> no, you didn't, in fairness. Cheer up. Pull yourself together and have you thought about getting drunk? That was my, those are my. It's the basic, I think it's the standard um, course in bereavement <laughs> counselling, isn't it? Yeah. I could teach a great pastoral care. You, yeah, you No one would remember it though, would they? <laughs> anyway, thank you as ever for your wise counsel. Oh, it's all in love, you know that. How are you doing? Yeah, um, 
Well, a bit up and down. Had a, a um, some sort of labyrinthitis dizziness. Oh no, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. Well, well, I haven't had it badly. I, I, I just, I think Claire and I have got a bug. You know, we kind of we're walking around the house a little bit like we're on a ship. <laughs> Um, which, given the amount of flooding nearby, is probably appropriate yeah. at the moment. The amount of storms we've had. How many storms I know. have we had? It's crazy. And every one of them named. I know. We're probably know. on Storm Zebedee by Saturday when this goes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember. It begins with J, this one. I can't remember. Anyway, Jolene. But, um, Jolene. Jolie. Oh, is it Jolie? I, I don't Jolie? know. I was just. Oh, it's the first great, J name that came to mind. Not Joe, significantly. I'm begging of you, please don't take my roof. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had a bit of that and I've got a bit of tinnitus. I'll go to the doctor tomorrow, see yeah. what he says. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm taking action mm. about my lack of focus. I'm not going to say much more now because I will report back, but I am actually, you know, that I've been concerned for some time about my inability to focus on on work you know uh, in the way that i used to do you uh, know this i don't really know i that's very interesting we'll have a conversation off air about this because because i'm trying to do something about my adhd <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's great we, we've all been trying to do something about that you, yes yes indeed <laughs> i uh no i i i have struggled really with sort of just endless distractions and all kinds of mm. stuff and getting things done and um so i'm taking action about it which i will report on in due course oh you're such a tease i know i know yeah i'm trying to build up um what's yeah. the word anticipation in the audience mm. although frankly if they've got any anticipation about this show they've got a very <laughs> low bar um yeah so that oh now haggis yes i just having last uh week Given thanks for oven chips. Yes. I'm I'm decided basically that I'm gonna do a food a week. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no good. This week ha ha haggis. Haggis is fabulous. Oh, haggis is amazing, isn't it? Considering what it's made out of. Yeah, but is all modern haggis made out of that? Because I don't know about you, but I get the haggis in the plastic wrapper. So it's not yeah. it's not already in a in an intestine or anything. No. Um and it's very delicious. Well, it's just Savoury lovely. I've been eating it this week, you see. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm again yeah. getting in ahead You're of the crowd. I've been having haggis. So. Well, let me tell you something. The neeps and tatties we do is delicious. You mash mm. them up, you let them get cold, you cover them in butter, you bake them really hot and you get this lovely golden crisp thing on the top and they're delicious. And then you serve it with a whiskey sauce. Absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well... Anyway, so Haggis, I recommend it. Well, happy Burns Night to our Scottish listeners. Yes, indeed. Although it would have happened two nights ago, but never mind. Anyway, um, listen, our house mm -hmm. has a ghost. You mean your pub? Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I haven't <laughs> seen it or heard it or have any <laughs> okay. intimations of it at all. But someone told me this. So they said, they said, you know, it's haunted. I'm going, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and and uh, it's oh yeah, it's the ghost of a uh, now a serving maid, which I think mm. would come in handy. I could quite do with a, a ghostly serving maid. You know, <laughs> doing a bit of cleaning up or doing following you around, <laughs> poltergeisting. <laughs> I don't know why people always you know any old house there's always a yeah, ghost. There's a ghost kind of story attached to yeah, it. Yeah. But I don't know what you feel about. I don't know what I feel about ghosts. 
Do you feel do you feel anything at all about them? Do you do? I mean, I like the series on the TV, but yes, obviously. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, you know, there's dimensions to reality that we don't understand, and I'm always open to that. But most ghost stories sound so nutty; it's hard to take them seriously. But I am. It's a bit like angels, if I'm honest. I mean, I am. I'm sort of. I'm definitely open to the possibility of angels. I'm open to the possibility, but I need a lot of convincing. That's that's where I'm at on that, and and ghosts would be even lower down. So yeah. Well, I'll let you know if anything. What do you think up. about angels? You let that slip. Let me put you on the spot. Well, I mean, I could do a whole episode on angels. Well, maybe we should do a whole episode on angels. All right. Well, let's put it as a question. Here's a, what are angels? Okay. You know, what's with all these heavenly beings? Mm. Because the first thing I would want to say is I'd want to get our classification right about what we believe, what we mean mm. by angels and all this kind of... And, and I'd like to do that at some length. So that's going to be a humbling <laughs> of an episode, I think. I already feel bored <laughs> <laughs> in anticipation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I think about ghosts. I, you know, as you say, I think life is full of mystery. And if you believe in a spiritual realm, then, you know, all kinds of things are, well, are possible. I've got a question for the listeners. Mm. Have any of you encountered a ghost? There you go. If you have, send your emails to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. I'd love to hear about it. May even interview you. Who can say? And please don't write in if you're a complete, you know, nutter. I mean, I mean, you know. <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> I know, that's it's very difficult. I don't think any of our listeners are nutters. I think they're all incredibly intelligent people. So it's a very valid question. Well, you know, or anything inexplicable like that. No, but if you've been if you've been transported up into a UFO and probed, I'm not interested in hearing from you, all right? No. You, well, you the know, question just... was not, do you believe in aliens? The question was very much ghosts. That, it all gets wrapped up, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, that's a little aside that I wasn't expecting to go down. So yeah. um, there we go. So um, that's my week. Uh, we really should get yeah. Get come on, motoring. come on. There's, there's, there's feedback. Have we had much feedback? We have. We've had lots of uh, lovely and affirming things in um, following last week. Thank you, everyone that did that. Um, uh, Leslie wrote in from Australia, and uh, many thanks. She said if she could, she'd have dropped me off a casserole, which I thought was rather oh. lovely. Wouldn't have helped with the emotional eating, but uh, thank you. My grief, yeah. my grief belly, Leslie, is plenty big enough. Um, so that's good. And also, must do a shout out to Andre. I think he wrote in before. Anyway, he started at episode one, and uh, he has finally finished. He's up to oh, date. Well done. So welcome, Andre, to the rest of the world. Uh, let's go and get a life now. Go and make, <laughs> yes. make relationships and do something useful. Okay, so we had this in from Brian. He says, Dear Joe, following yesterday's podcast, wanted to follow up. Thank you again for your openness about the intensity of your emotions and the confusion that they have poured. And he said in brackets, which are quite like Brian's are a special breed. They are indeed, Brian. He said, yesterday was the fourth anniversary of my dad's death. And although, of course, the pain in some ways diminishes, grief never dies. It's that we learn to acknowledge it and hopefully be at peace with the inevitability of grief as part of loving and living said your expression that when someone you love dies a part of them lives on in us but a part of us dies with them just encapsulated that conflict of emotions and yesterday that helped me thank you also the strange contradiction that in these times of grief there can be hope and laughter when you share with really close friends and then he said as with you and nick hmm 
have you have you heard his bereavement counselling, Brian? That's that that's my point. I'd say it's uh, tough love. Well, then listen. He uh, Brian had, had had written a piece um, actually, and it was so lovely. Um, he was talking about the power of story, and he's saying, you know, he watched a drama, um, mm. uh, you know, Mr. Bates versus the Office. Uh, the post office and um yeah and then he he went on just to talk about the incredible um power of story which was what you were mm. saying last week about the bible and just how you know how when you when you take it away from a news item and really focus in on people suddenly we we really empathize and he said there are a few things more powerful than story. And as he said, as humans, we're wired to be a part of community and to share each other's experiences. And he said, Kathleen Bouchelon wrote in her book, Even If Not, it doesn't matter who you are or who you've been. Every single person has a story. The artist, the CEO, the single mum, the single college girl, the homeless man in the street, the cashier, the pianist. Every person is a walking story. There is power in every story no matter what you have or haven't walked through. I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that's great. That's really helpful because it it makes me think, in fact, of what we, bit what we were just talking about, what we're going, what we will talk about in the future about church and community and mm. and and what that looks like. You know, I've never heard an argument for church as being a place where we share our stories mm. and where we encounter story and and are moved by somebody's story mm. or or even yeah. when we help to shape somebody's yeah. story. Which is a wonderful privilege, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I may speak as a very significant Baptist minister here, you may, I, think, you may. I think what many Baptists would feel is that their favourite service is the baptism service when ordinary people start sharing their story of how they've encountered the divine. And it's, and it's mm. breathtakingly moving and wonderful. Yes. I mean, there is enormous power in an old-fashioned testimony, isn't there, I think? It just is. Okay, well, Sue wrote it again. She said, well, Nick did it again, making me laugh, laugh out loud at an inconvenient moment talking about chips. And she says, I agree. Waitrose fluffy chunkies are yum. Mm. She said, but on a serious note, I too felt deep anger watching the post office drama. At the same time, coincidentally, she said, I was reading pages 164 to 169. That's plenty enough pages. That's at least five there of Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy. Brilliant book, in my opinion, but you do have to read it slowly. He says, I've come rather late in life to reading this and I'm only managing 10 pages at a time. But Willard actually made me angry by implying that as a Christian, I'm not allowed to feel that way. She, she says, he says on page 169, of course, when nothing is done about things that are wrong, anger naturally builds and finally will break into action whether in a family or a nation, that is inevitable and even necessary outside, and that word is significant, outside the kingdom among us. He says, so do I have to choose between being a social being or a kingdom person when it comes to social injustice? I have had to post it that page and move on for now. Thank you for your laughter and grief and honesty. So she seemed to be implying that Willard was saying that, you know, anger is a bad thing and is wrong and mm. is not part of the kingdom. What do you, what do you think of that? Um, I'd have to go back and look at, mm. at, at what um, Dallas was saying. But, you know, there are bits of um, his teaching I, I disagree with anyway. You know, he's not, uh, you know, he's not scripture. Um, There's bits of scripture I don't agree with, by the way, but let's not go there now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Jesus got angry, didn't he? Yeah, Jesus did get angry. So, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he was actually saying that it's wrong. Yeah, well, we'll have to go back and read that, Sue. I mean, God gets angry, according to the Bible. The anger of God is there, the wrath or whatever. So yeah. I don't think it can be outside the kingdom. It, to me, it's all about well, what, what you're going to do with that anger and what is causing that anger. Yeah, really. exactly. Um, anger can surely be quite a positive thing when it's turned into action. For justice, I would have thought. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think I think rage is probably unhelpful. That that's the, mm. the danger of anger is that it actually um, tips over. I think, but yeah. the old-fashioned righteous anger, you know, yeah. anger yeah. for justice, anger at way people are being treated. Yeah, yeah you can say that it, it should never tip over into violence, probably. But yeah. well, I never say never, but, but but we should rarely tip over into violence. But you know, anyway, it's an interesting yeah. thing. It's also something about being slow to anger. I mean, if you're if mm. you're if you're getting in the car and someone cuts you out and you're going absolutely crazy at it, you might want to ask yourself why are you really angry. I always think, uh, and get in touch with what you're either disappointed about or angry about. Or you I mean, know, one of the classic what, what... reasons for anger is powerlessness, isn't mm. it? People yeah. get angry because they have no power, which. Mm. I suppose you could argue that Christians in the kingdom are never powerless in that sense. You know, there's always yeah. something we can do. There's prayers we can pray. There's people we can talk to. There's action we can take. So, yeah, I think it's all about what you do with that compassionate anger, that that empathy. Yeah. That that feeling of outrage. You know, I, I, I'm a person who's often fueled by outrage. Mm. But the question is, what do I do with it, really? How do mm. I express that, really? Yeah. Very thought-provoking. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, thank you, Sue. Listen, we've had some great emails, some quite deep ones from uh, guys like David. David wrote in ages ago about the issue of same-sex marriage and traditionalism versus... And I kind of wanted to get to that. And Stuart wrote an amazing one about how does God allow suffering and all that stuff. We may well get round to those, but apologies we haven't dealt with them yet. I know some of you wrote in a while ago, but we, we tried to get round to discussing these things, but... You know, stuff's been going on and we haven't. <laughs> but, um, well, why don't you lead us through this next bit of the session that you've helpfully entitled Welcome to the Mid-Faith Crisis Planning Session? Yes. So <laughs> when we were thinking, what should we, what should we talk about? You, you know, I know it's not New Year. Obviously, no. we accept that. We accept it's, that. We're, still a few, we're still two months off from New Year. Yeah. But this is the time here where usually Joe and I would do some planning. Hmm. And that may come as a surprise to our listeners—a <laughs> shock, I believe—that <laughs> the word "plan" has anything to do with this podcast. Um, but we used to have a get-together to sort of do it. January. Well, to, we 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 used to have a get-together with the intention of doing it. Yes, that's it. And then it used to sort of dissolve into stupidity. But <laughs> but it, we 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 normally at this time of year we try and put a few ideas together and we think about what do we want to be talking about. Yes. You know. Uh, but given that Joe at the moment, for various reasons, is being so <laughs> inadequate. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and, and unhelpful in terms of, uh, you know, input. Um, I thought, well, it'd be nice to put it out to the listeners and uh, to to get some input from them in terms of our mid-faith crisis uh, planning for what we're going to talk about yes. going forward. Help me out here, listeners, because I'm just inadequate. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's an appeal, really. Um, well, can I just say thank you for putting that so sensitively? Yeah, thank you again. The, <laughs> yeah. 
the yeah. pastoral care side of me is so strong. I so mean, strong. even when there's not much content, I feel like our listeners are getting a bit of a masterclass in pastoral counselling. They are. <laughs> so, I, look, I don't have many ideas. Well, actually, I do have... I, that's not true. I've got loads of ideas, but I don't have many good ideas. <laughs> but um, the thing that I was thinking of is I thought we might do some sessions on what I'd like to call... The uh, the mid faith crisis tackles some moderately interesting questions. <laughs> That's a very catchy title, isn't it? We could turn <laughs> that turn that into a jingle, really, and have that as a <laughs> yeah. thing. And the reason I've thought that is because I was sitting in church services and listening to what people say, and suddenly thinking, "What? What? <laughs> I don't. I wondering yeah. about stuff. That, like, for example, the other day, I was sitting there. You, you know how we were always told." Yeah. Like one drop of sin is too much. The reason we've got to be forgiven to get into heaven is because if you've got one drop of sin in you, one tiny yeah. sin, no matter how tiny, you can't go into God's presence. You would, I don't know what would happen. It was like yeah. the heavenly metal detectors would go off or, or yeah. something. You know, you'd explode. Or exactly. Something. Well, well I, I was always told that, you know, you've got to imagine there's a canyon and you're trying to jump across it. Well, whether you miss it for by a hundred meters or one millimeter <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's it. You're you're falling into the depths, and that's all there that, is to it. I mean, if you miss it by one millimeter, it's got to be a very sheer-sided canyon, hasn't it? In yeah. order for you not to grab something. Yeah, I know. I think. Anyway, the point is, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking. You know, the traditional Christian teaching says this, or evangelical mm. Christian teaching says, says this, that, mm. you know, you, you, it's, it would set off the alarms. Mm. And so you can't go into the presence of God if you're in any way sinful. And, yeah, I thought, actually, didn't thousands of people go into the presence of Jesus and he didn't explode? Or they didn't explode. <laughs> no, exactly. They seemed okay. They seemed to quite have quite good time, in fact. Mm. Um so I would like to do a question, which is, what's so bad about sin? Oh, Nick. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I, I'm obviously going to get thrown out of the Baptist Union for doing this. Well, if that's your attitude, you will be. And I certainly <laughs> won't be voting for you. <laughs> I'm not for one minute saying sin isn't bad. I just want no. to know what... What is what, so bad? Yeah, no, that's good. What? What's the deal? What's yeah. the parameters here? Because I like it. actually, that doesn't make any sense to me. That old way of thinking. How can how can it exclude us from God's presence when God is present everywhere? That's that's a very fundamental question. Well asked. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand that. Anyway, so that's one. So one on sin. Good. Next. Well, so here was another thing that I heard in church, which is that I don't know if it's in church. It was somewhere. It's some Christian meeting I was at, and someone said. Um, God demands our praise. Really? And I thought to myself, D does he? <laughs> really? Very needy of her. <laughs> is, is he Donald Trump? I didn't know. You know is he, is he, <laughs> and then went on to say, God, God demands our praise. He loves He loves it when we praise him. Well, not if he's English. No, which exactly. I think he is. Oh, yes, exactly. Because I think God would get embarrassed, frankly, at that <laughs> point. Very embarrassed. Yeah. The whole thing. He'd just be going, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. I'm going to edit that out. He'd be going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, th I think obviously there's a, a sense in which God deserves our praise, in which praise rises out of gratitude. 
but he doesn't, it seems to me, need a May Day parade of loyalty <laughs> yeah, in that that's... in that way. <laughs> It's like Putin with all the tanks marching yes, past. Exactly, <laughs> like one of these dictators with a big furry hat waving at things, saying, look at the size of my missiles. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought so. So I want to say, you know, what is praise? What does it mean to praise God now? What's, mm, yeah. you know, I, I, I'd like to talk about, yeah, you know, what we think we're doing or what, does God need praise? I don't think so. But anyway, that's that's just another one. Um, shall I go on? Yes, I've got please a few do. More. Yeah, go on. Go on. Oh, I ought to say, I'm flinging these out because I actually want to hear from listeners as well. What we will do, I think, or yeah. the idea was that, you know, we would say next week we're going to talk about this. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. I know. It's almost interactive, isn't it? It's a, it's a new format for the show. This is great. It's almost like we care what people think. Come on, give us another question. You know, well, I, <laughs> this is the Yancey title. What's so amazing about grace? And oh, really, yeah. I don't think it's that. I think it's like, what on earth is it? Yeah. Because I, I this happened right in a meeting and someone was talking about grace. And I thought, I thought, actually, I'm not sure I understand that term. I sort of understand the, the, the word the Greek word, but I don't really understand the theological terms. I looked it up in an encyclopedia of theology that I got, behind, you know, because obviously I always carry one. Yes, um, I know. I noticed that unsightly bulge in you. That's what it is. Never, never leave home without it. <laughs> uh, helps me get stuff down from the top shelves at Sainsbury's. But uh, no, look, and it, it, it went off onto all these provenient grace. And I couldn't understand the article. So I would like to think about grace. Because it's such a key Christian term, but I don't understand it. Do you know, I, I want to say that in my pastoral experience, that 99.9% .9 of people don't seem to understand grace because it can't mean what we would dream it might mean. Can it? OK, well, that's the trailer for, the, for that programme. And as a concept, as a concept, grace doesn't definitely doesn't work in any way with a God who sends people to hell. So it's it's going to touch on a lot of other things when we talk about that. Yeah. So anyway, I'd like to talk oh. about grace a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, now, now, next one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there so much blood? <laughs> what, in the Bible? Well, everywhere in Christianity. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's an awful lot of blood. Love a bit of mentioned. blood. Well, we do communion every week or uh, Yeah. Every so month. I was singing, yeah. I was singing this, we sang this hymn the other day. From, um, well, the hymn, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. And verse four, let me share the last bit of verse four, because mm. it's, it's a humdinger. Yeah. Uh, thou within the veil hast entered... Robed in flesh, our great high priest. Nice. Thou on earth, both priest and victim, in the Eucharistic feast. Nice. Sounds yeah. great. Scans well. What's wrong? Rhymes. What more do you want? <laughs> this is, it's, does it touch a touch cannibalistic? I don't know. You well, know, I, that's, I think. Yeah. Good point. Now, look, I am completely. I'm smitten by communion. I mean, one of the effects of lockdown was to make me really appreciate the Eucharist and to to really value that. You're so weird. And, and I go every week. We have it every week. Yeah, well, we did at Soul Place. But now I don't. Well, well, there you are. 
So I think it's more maybe exploring what that imagery is and and what it what it means really would be useful I think for people because okay. um, there's yeah. an awful lot of it about. Um, oh, and this is the final one okay. Okay, that I've thought of in my little list, and I'm sure our listeners can send in an interesting, uh, moderately interesting questions and frankly better ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, but I like this one. It says, "Why does God get all the thanks when I did all the work?" <laughs> <laughs> Expand. <laughs> well, you know, do you remember the, the interview we did with Adrian Plass years ago? Lovely interview. Yeah. I, I, one of the few interviews I did. And um, Adrian said that the church has these little traps for people, um, uh, which he hates. And one of, one of them is um, only God can help you with this but if he doesn't it's your fault yes exactly yeah exactly (laughs) and the other flip side of that is when things go well and you know giving's up or something you know we give thanks to god which we should do yeah but so many so much of the time you kind of get the impression that he did it all yeah and i think I always think, well, hang on. Some of us were involved here. We 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 did ours. We've got skills and talent. Yeah. So really, I think this is about. It's a silly sort of title, but it's about what roles do our our own skills and talents play, and where what's the collaboration between us and God? So what you're really saying is you're quite bitter about the fact. Going back to your first question, that God gets all the praise, and frankly, you feel that you should be getting a darn sight more praise. This is it. This is it. Why? It's a very good point. Do you know what Claire said to me once? She said, you really quite like acclamation, don't you? <laughs> if anyone would like to write a praise song to Nick, it sounds like he could do with it at the moment. No, I, I mean, seriously, there is this thing about hu- human collaboration with God that I've felt yeah. strongly for some time. And, um, and I just want to explore what that means, really. Because obviously everything comes from God and I'm... Um, you know, we give it all back to God. And so ultimately, yeah, sure, it, all our gifts are given by God to some extent. But, you know, there's a thing about human beings, art and skill and wonder and wisdom mm. and, you know. Mm. Anyway, those are, those are some of my questions. I think those are great. And already my mind is buzzing uh, with so much. So thank you. That's great. Can I add one in? Yeah. Because this is very pertinent and live and real. And maybe we could start you know we'll have to at least do this one near the beginning i want to know you know post mid-faith crisis or during mid-faith crisis what does church actually look like what if you could design church for you Mm. dear listeners what would it be like and even when would it meet and how often would it meet would you meet every week or would you meet once a month or four times a year just i'd love to know what you think would be a version of church that you could get excited about, that you'd actually want to go to, that you'd make the effort to go to. So, yeah, what does church look like in 2024? That'd be great. Well, should we kick off with that next week? Oh, go on then. That'd be lovely. You know, let's get into that. What does church look like? And, you know, what? what's the point? <laughs> you know. Yeah. OK, great. Because I think we've we've already started to touch on that this episode with thinking about 
church as a mm. a ground to share our stories. Yeah, which I think is yeah, is that was from Brian. A, yeah, fascinating and powerful thing, and I'd like to explore that a bit more. But yeah, well, do we start off with that uh, next week? What what does church look like? You know, as my daughters might say, what even is the point? So here's here's the thing with this: mm. if no one writes in, it's just going to be us driveling. So please, listeners, we, we, we need you right now. <laughs> well, we'll have to write in ourselves. I mean, like Ethel yeah. might even yeah. make a reappearance if we're not careful. Ah, that is something actually Andre said. He do, he does miss Ethel, having listened from yeah. episode one. I know she's she's been a bit silent of recent, but yeah, maybe we're getting involved for this one. Yeah, well, you know, it might be time to just rerun some of those jokes, basically. <laughs> People might have forgotten. That would be great. But no, that that's, I mean, this is such a live question for me because we we sort of have paused slash ended Soul Place t- so that we can answer this very question. So, mm. I mean, it would just be amazing to get the help of our fabulous listeners on this one. Yeah. Well, we should wrap up. I mean, yeah. uh, even by our standards, this has been a strange little episode because we haven't actually said anything very much. We've just <laughs> asked loads of questions and said this. we might talk about this in the future. Hmm. But um, anyway, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And if people did have questions that they wanted to add in or comments on the whole church thing, to where do they point their uh, email machine, Joe? Which direction? I will tell you, the direction of their email machine should be to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. That would be wonderful. Mm. Excellent. So it only remains for me to thank you all for listening. Mm. Um, For people who leave uh, nice reviews and comments, that's lovely. Um, And uh, for people who recommend the podcast, uh, I hear lots of stories about that. That's lovely. And to people who just write in with no thought of it being read out on the podcast, but just because they're beautiful, lovely people. Thank you to you as well i know particularly in the last few weeks we've uh, really appreciated it overwhelmingly lovely thank you yeah so uh, we're very grateful as ever for your support and Mm. we look forward to sharing more of this drivel with you next week (laughs) we do 